0: This week's readings come from the book of Proverbs. There are several verses. The first is from chapter 11, verse 28. Whoever trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like a green leaf. The next is from chapter 13, verse 25. The righteous has enough to satisfy his appetite, but the belly of the wicked suffers want. The next is from chapter 15, verse 27. Whoever is greedy for unjust gain, troubles his own household, but he who hates bribes will live. The next is from chapter 23, verses 4 and 5. Do not toil to acquire wealth, be discerning enough to desist. When your eyes light on it, it is gone, for suddenly it sprouts wings, flying like an eagle toward heaven. The last is from chapter 28, verse 20. A faithful man will abound with blessings, but whoever hastens to be rich will not go unpunished.
1: This is the end of the summer, and boy, what a summer. Um, We thought we were having this great blessing of being able to worship together, and that's been really uh, interrupted by fires, and now uh, crazy heat today, but um, I hope that we could be focused, um, focused on this word. I I hope you've been blessed and been challenged throughout the summer. As we talk about, I mean, you know, I, I, I hope you trust that we're not trying to cherry pick verses here. To get, obviously, we're not telling you things that are popular. Um, things that we preached, that have been preached on throughout the summer are, are not really popular today. But they are the emphasis of wisdom in the book of Proverbs. And, um, you know, we could do this for you know, a number of more weeks. But, you know, we have to um, shift gears at some point. This will be the last sermon of this series and um, we'll consider that the end of the summer. And next week, we're going to shift to um, a brief, it won't be a long series. It'll be about um, the church and its shepherds. And um, what we're going to do is um, teach, do some teaching because our church, being a church plant, needs to have some um, thinking and, and some equipping to um, raise up elders. And I think it's especially important at this particular season when churches aren't being able to gather together and and there's so much going on in in our country to really think about the importance of church again. And um, so that's the next series that's coming up. But as we close out this series, um, I've chosen a topic um, which is incredibly repeated in the book of Proverbs. So uh, um, our brother read, you know, five passages, but really there are like 20. They're all throughout The the um, the book of Proverbs on this subject matter, um, which and this today's message I've entitled "Greed and the Desire for Riches." That's what I want to talk about today, which is, do you want to get rich? Especially if you want to get rich fast. And um, if you want to get rich and you want to get rich fast, if you want to get rich, and you say you don't want to get rich, you're you're lying. Okay, I mean there's like no there's nobody in America. I shouldn't say nobody, but like 99% plus of Americans, we think we, 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 you can get rich and you should want to get rich. And in Silicon Valley, that number is 100% it's everybody. <laughs> and so this is super relevant to our city. Our city, um, I, I don't, I don't want to be too overly mean about this, but we are completely backwards on this point. So if the Bible says this is stupid and this is foolish, ours is, an, is maximally foolish hmm. on this subject matter of trying and seeking to be rich. Okay, I know it's not an easy message, incredibly. It's not something people want to hear, especially here in America. But let's get into it, okay? So part one, the invisible folly and sin of greed. So it is both a form of wickedness, sin, and it's a part of foolishness. The invisible folly and sin of greed. Part two, higher and greater desires and purposes. So if you want to have some victory in your life, some space in your life so that you won't be greedy, you can't just say, okay, being greedy is bad. I'm not going to be greedy. That's, that's not going to work. Um, and... Because it's a problem of, of your desires. You have to have better desires. Okay? And part three: real riches for that which is truly life. Real riches. So what is riches? And it's not just about having more money. And what makes for a really good life is not just about having more money. Okay? I know a lot of people give lip service to that. if, if I, um, I, well, I know it's not all about money. Do you? Do you? It just so happens that everybody gives lift surface to that. But then we fill up so much of our waking hours and our preoccupations and energy with the pursuit of getting rich. So whether you are a 14-year-old trying to get straight A's in high school or whether you are in college and you chose a certain college or whether you went to a certain graduate school or whether you picked a certain kind of job, this is this thing, this desire to make more and more money. This is really kind of the underlying thing all the time, isn't it? If we're really honest, this is really what it's about. And um, so, let's let's offer something better. So, part one. Um, let me just start this way. Um, you know, I already said this. Now, I want to say, um, I don't know if you if you think about this. I I don't know if it's because I'm you know I was born in another country, or or, or what. But um, I'm American. I mean, I love America. I'm fully American. But I've been outside of America, and I'm regularly, you know, I'm Korean-American, so I'm, I, I'm, I'm used to, you know, the Korean desires. By the way, which are, which are on this point, most Koreans are c- completely foolish, too. Just like, they just love and want to seek after wealth and money, and the Koreans especially come to America. That's what they care about. But if you go outside of America, there's a lot of countries, they do not consider it completely normal that you should just want to make more and more money all the time. I don't know if you know that. In America, wanting to be rich, it's almost... If you don't want to be rich, you're not an American. I mean, it's, you're, it's crazy, okay? You're practically not an American. its its It's almost like an unspoken thing. All Americans think it's perfectly fine to get more and more money and to want to be rich and expect to become rich. America, I mean, it's an incredible thing that in America... I mean, not everybody's obviously going to be rich, but there is a pathway to be actually becoming pretty wealthy and comfortable in this country than, than practically so many other countries. In so many other countries, so many other countries there's, no, there's no point in wanting to be rich because you're never going to be rich. And um, you're, nobody in your family is rich. None of your neighbors are rich. Nobody's going to become rich, so you can't even have an expectation of rich, so why even want to be rich? That's the norm through most of the world, but not America. So we have this incredible blessing of, you know, we call this the land of opportunity. And what we mean by the land of opportunity is to be able to get rich. That's primarily what we mean. But the Bible says there's big problems there. Okay, God says there's big problems. Now, let me make a second point, just an observation about our culture. Now, I already said this about our city. So if America believes in being You know, it's perfectly great, and we should have the expectation and desire to be rich. That is more intense in our city than perhaps any place in America except maybe New York, I think. Except maybe New York. Maybe. Okay? If the most money-greed-filled city in America is New York, then we're number two. Or we're number one, and they're number two. That's what I think. A number of years ago, um, it's, it's just funny what sticks to you. So many of you guys probably think I listen to Tim Keller all the time, okay? I I don't. I actually haven't listened to a Pastor Tim Keller sermon in a long time. But um, when I was a a young man, I listened to a lot of his stuff. And um, one of the things that really stuck to me was this. This is a comment he made. So he's been a pastor in New York. And before that, he was in a small town in Virginia called Hopewell, Virginia. And he made this observation about all these New Yorkers that he pastors. He said this, he says, "Um, in all my years of being a pastor, um, people confess to me that they are guilty of all kinds of different sins. Uh, I cheat on my wife. I, 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 I like looking at porn. I'm lustful. I'm prideful. I have unforgiveness. I'm filled with hatred. All kinds of sins. It's really bad stuff. But he says, none of them Nobody ever admitted they were greedy. And I remember listening to that, and, and I think I was in a car listening to it. <laughs> and, and, and I remember laughing out loud while driving this car when a New York City pastor was telling me that none of his members think they're greedy. I'm like, are you kidding? It's the greediest place on the whole darn planet, <laughs> and except maybe Hong Kong, London. You know, you get what I'm saying. It's certainly one of the greatest greatest places on the whole planet. Money is the god of New York City. It runs the whole place. And yet his members don't think they're greedy. And now that I've been a pastor in Silicon Valley for, you know, I don't know, a good number of years now, you know what I think? It's totally the same here. So I ask you this question. Do you think you're a greedy person? I'm not a greedy person. Oh, pastor, it's like that's that's kind of a mean accusation, don't you think? <laughs> um, how much money do you think you need to have in your life? Let me just ask you that question. How much money do you, how how much money do you need to have in order to have a good retirement? How about that? Most of you probably some of you guys are young. You've probably never thought about retirement. Um, but let's just say you have a big wad of money and you're going to chunk that pieces of that out and hopefully it's you know it's growing in investments and if you want to make median household income median household income in Silicon Valley is something like $120,000 so if you're expecting to have $120,000 per year while you're not working how much money do you have to have Isn't that crazy huge amount of money. Here's some of the things the Bible says. Um, A faithful man will abound with blessings. But listen, whoever hastens to be rich, whoever hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. Will not go unpunished. And I, I and all for weeks as I've been looking at these verses, going like, "Well, that's going to be fun to preach." we Will not go unpunished. Well, that, that's just one verse in the Bible. No, it's not. So um, let, let me read you this one. This is First Timothy chapter six. So this wasn't one of the verses that we that went up, but just I want you to hear this. First Timothy chapter six. Um, Those who desire to be rich fall into temptation. Into a snare, that is a trap, into many senseless and harmful desires. Senseless and harmful. So, just because you want to be rich, there's like a trap. And the trap is going to lead you into other desires which are senseless and harmful. And it plunges people into ruin and destruction. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Sounds a lot like whoever hastens to be rich. Will not go unpunished, Proverbs 28, 20. Um, how about another one? This is one where, this is, uh, uh, this is uh, how it puts it in this way. Do not toil to acquire wealth. I know that sounds really crazy. Isn't that why everybody works? <laughs> That's why everybody works, okay? But it actually says don't do that. Be discerning enough to desist. Stop it. Why don't you learn how to stop it? There's a lot of people today, they make money, and then they make money, and then they make a good amount of money. And then after they stop, they're, they, you know what they would do? they go, I guess we should just make more money. It's like, that's what I did for 20 or 30 or 40 years of my life. So now after you make a lot of money, um, I don't know what else to do. We'll do more. Um, Verse 5 of chapter 23, verse 4 and 5. After it says, Be destroying enough to desist. When your eyes light on it, that is riches, wealth, it is gone. For suddenly it sprouts wings flying like an eagle toward heaven. So back in March, when we hit a pandemic, some of you have money in the stock market. If you did, that was not a happy time, was it? Because that's exactly what happened. The wealth sprouted wings and flew away. Except, it, and you know, obviously it's a, it's a metaphor. It just disappeared. Literally, money just disappeared. You, you thought you have money. By the way, that's what your money looks like. It's a bunch of digits on a computer. And if it's a big number, you have money. But all of a sudden, it became a small number. So this passage is even more real than ever. I'll give you another one. This is chapter 13, verse 25. "The righteous has enough to satisfy his appetite, but the belly of the wicked suffers want. The belly of the wicked suffers want." How, this, it's just talking about bellies and appetites. What is it about money? That's what money's like. Uh, uh, you're, you know you're, you're like an animal, and an animal wants certain things. There's cravings. food. Sex, and then the human animal money. It's pretty visceral. And but here's the thing: if you don't have righteousness, and this is where we're going, we're now now we're looping back. We're going back to the beginning of our series. First big lesson from Proverbs is: wisdom is righteousness. What's wisdom? Righteousness. If you don't have righteousness, or let's use a little bit more modern. If you don't have character, you don't have wisdom, you're dumb. <laughs> and now let's, now let's have this important application. How does a person without righteousness, without wisdom, handle money? Well, when it comes to money, they have uncontrolled appetite. <laughs> the belly of the wicked suffers want. I see this with people who want money all the time. They want money, and then after they make money then they want more money. If they have more money, they want more money. Then more money. But it's Oh, I'm not greedy, pastor. There's these people that they drive a a 10-year-old car and they live in modest houses and they shop at modest places like Target. They don't think they're greedy. But you know what they do? They sock all their money away and then they always think they got to have more of it. They got to have more money. So don't think just because you're not buying an expensive car or buy expensive things that you're not greedy. The people who like to just scrimp and save and scrimp and save and scrimp and save, I'm sorry, that, that's greed. <laughs> that's, an, that's an appetite for security. But security is money. <laughs> that's what we're talking about here. <laughs> oh, I, I just want to be secure. You, you mean you just want money. <laughs> so don't lie to yourself when you say that. I just care about security. No, you just said you care about money. <laughs> so if we're going to be honest This verse applies to so many of us. The righteous has enough to satisfy his appetite. Who in Silicon Valley feels that their appetite, their cravings, their longings, you have contentment with what you have and what you're making and what you're building. Who has that? It's just, it's the constant. If you have this one, we have more. Well, okay, I don't need to have a bigger house. Then you just got to have more savings. It's a big problem. Okay, let me say a couple more things and let's go to part two. Um, I had an interesting conversation with my mom um, a couple of weeks ago. And we were talking about my kids going off to college. So for those of you who don't know me, I have a 19-year-old, and 18-year-old, and I just came back from sending them off to college. And you know what my mom said? She's, she's, she's almost 80 years old. She's in her late 70s. And she says, so this is a woman who's in her late 70s. It was a really interesting thing to hear from somebody who's pushing 80, getting close to 80. She said, "Life is so short. Life is so short. I can't believe I'm almost 80." <laughs> so she said, "She's in pretty good health, and if you see her, you wouldn't think she's that old. But she is. And when we were talking about her grandchildren going off to college, you know what she was thinking? Where did all that time go? <laughs> I blinked and now my grandchildren are gone. And you know the reason I say this? Is because so many of us, we spend a short life. I know you're very young. Some of you are young. <laughs> if you're like 15, you're like, yeah, I know. this probably won't register to you, okay? If you start getting into your 30s, you should, this should start to, pan- you're like, I'm 30 now. Your body is like not reacting well now, right? You notice that? <laughs> you only have to hit 30 and your breath. you know, some of you ladies, you're like, oh my goodness. You know, because biological- you're right, because life is short. And so are we going to spend all our life pursuing money? Is that going to be the primary, the constant preoccupation the fundamental structure of all, our like it's everything around life is shifted around this. Um, a pastor I know says, how do, how do people decide what church they're going to to? Because they don't. They decide what job they're going to get to and what city they're going to live to. And then they choose what house they're going to live to according to how close it is to work and how good the schools are. And then they look for a church. That's the way they put it. That's the way he puts it. Isn't that the way everybody does it? But notice it's the first thing. Your job, the house... It's about money, most of the time. But he actually says this really radical thing. How about pick your church, then find a job near the church you love, and you could run after the kingdom of God with them, and then trust that God will give you a good job, and they'll make money. Wow, that's crazy. But it's biblical. It's completely biblical. It totally fits totally fits the way the Bible thinks. But I, I know very few... I, I'm trying to think about how many people I know who did this. <laughs> it's inc- I could count them. All right. Um, one more point about this. So let's say you get it. So one of the other things that's really popular in our city is um, I want to retire early. I want to retire early. So our city... This, we have all these companies in our city. They hire you for seemingly a lot of oh, six-figure money, which in Silicon Valley is not even a lot of money, okay? But six-figure money, and then they offer you this carrot. It's called, like, options and stuff like this. And if our company blows up, you'll be rich overnight, and you could retire when you're 30 or 35 or 40, just, whatever. So people living in Oklahoma City aren't thinking about retiring when they're 35 years old. But a lot of people in our city are thinking that. And here's what I want to say so, something to you about this. I know somebody did it. So I had this friend, brilliant computer programmer. You know, at this, you know this little school up, up the street called Stanford. That's where he came out of. And um, he was so good, he got an internship at Apple after a sophomore year in college. And then you know what his boss told him? They said. Quit school. You don't need Stanford. That's what I told him. Quit school. We'll teach you everything you need to know. And you'll probably be rich by the time you're 25 or 30 anyway. Who cares? And he promised his grandparents he'd get a graduate. So he stayed in school, but he just didn't study very hard after that. And, you know, it, it, it worked. And then he, you know, worked at Apple. Then he jumped ship multiple times. And he retired in his 30s and he loved to travel. He never got married, so he didn't have little kids. Um, And then he loved to travel, so he traveled all around the world. And then, afterwards, you know what he did? Went back to work. (laughs) That's what he did. (laughs) That's what he did. He had a job again. Why? You know why I'm saying this to you? Because what is the point of making a lot of money Then you make a lot of money? There's a lot of people today who think I love going on vacation and I love going on really nice vacation and I just love not working. That's nice for about two weeks or three weeks or maybe a month. But if you think your life is great because you retired and now the rest of your life is going to be vacation, that's really, really dumb. (laughs) You have to purpose in your life. You have to joy in your life. And work is actually part of it. It's actually part of it. So back to that thing. Um, do not toil to acquire wealth. Proverbs 23 chapter, uh, verse 4. You know what you should toil for? To do something good. You should work not just to make money. You should work to do something that matters. And bless other people. And if you keep practicing that, your life will become richer. <laughs> Let's go to part two. Higher and greater desires and purposes. So you got to have something more. So um, there's so many people who say, like, okay, I'm going to make lots of, you know, I want to go get a good career, make lots of money, and then I'll fall in love. <laughs> fall in love somehow. I, there's a lot of people that they, they don't. You know why? Because they never put any, they don't put enough how are you going to fall in love if you don't ever put any effort into it? Or oh, we're going to have just a great marriage. You know how we're going to have a great marriage? Because I'll just meet the right person and I'll just know. No, you're, you're going to have a bad marriage. If you think like this, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. So if all you're waking your days is work, 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 make money, 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 and then you're going to have free time, but your free time is just mostly just, you just expect good things just to happen. It's not going to, it's not going to work like that. Other important things in your life take focus, energy. You want to have a relationship with God? It's a, he's a person. He's a person. If you ignore your girlfriend, you won't have a girlfriend for very long. If you ignore your, your kids, they won't like you. If you ignore your friends, they'll stop being your friends. You want God in your life? He's going to be like, well, you've got to show up. So there has to be other things. So let's just, let me offer a couple verses, all right? So let's go back to this verse. The righteous has enough to satisfy his appetite, but the belly of the wicked suffers want. The righteous has enough to satisfy his appetite. So you have to be able to say, "Uh, I don't need more money or more of this or something because your heart wants something more. (laughs) You know how you can have your appetite Smaller. Because your heart wants something bigger, better. Hmm? So how about this? Well, let's go back to this, this verse. Proverbs 23, verse 4. Do not toil to acquire wealth. Be discerning enough to desist, desist, to stop. Well, that means you're going to stop because you have something better to do. Something more to pursue. Let me offer you a verse that um, we didn't have uh, projected. This is uh, chapter 22, verse 1. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. And favor is better than silver or gold. And favor is better than silver or gold. Let me just break this down. How do you get a good name? You get a good name because you treat people a certain way. And you build good relationships. So you have a habit of treating people, blessing them, always with integrity. And you have good relationships. So then everybody who has relationships with you, they think of your name. And they think of you as someone admirable and trustworthy. And then they want to help you. They want to be there with you. They want to do stuff with you. And this next part. And favor is better. This is really interesting. And favor. Favor is better than silver or gold. So there's a brother in our church recently. Um, You know, I I won't go into details, but just like a lot of people in Silicon Valley, he's like saying, this is a hard place to live. A budget's tight. His boss, this is his boss at work. He's not even a Christian. Not even a Christian. Um, You know what he said? He says, I can give you this promotion, but his boss offered him something better than a promotion. His boss offered to tutor him and, treat and help him to understand their business practices at a bigger level and pr- practice going through interviews so that this brother can get a better job than he currently has in his own company. So his boss, listen to this, is crazy. His boss is willing to take one of his best employees Help train him because he treats his, his employee kind of like a younger brother so that he can get a better job at another company and make more money by giving him wisdom and knowledge and practice from, you know, like somebody else. So when, when they ask you this question in the interview, so like, I'm going to ask you this question. I know here what they ask. Here's, here's the question. And then and he then goes, goes, how would you answer? And then he fumbles around. He's like, okay, let's practice. That's not a good answer. That's what his boss is doing. You know what that is? It's favor. It's favor. You know what this brother got? Better than gold or silver. Not a little better. A lot better. <laughs> because his boss was willing to do this for him, he's going to go get a better job, and he's going to get wisdom and knowledge. <laughs> his, his career is going to crack open in a new way. It's better than money. <laughs> a lot better than money. It's just, a, just one little example. So when this brother shared this, I was completely floored. <laughs> not a Christian. His, God, his boss is not a Christian. <laughs> Don't you want that in your life? That when somebody, you meet somebody, whether you're rich or whether you're poor, whether you're going through a good thing, or, that you, they will want to give you favor. They'll go out of their way to help you. They like your name because you have a good name. And they have, they care about their relationship to you. They care about the things you care about. So they'll go out of their way to help you. It's better than money. <laughs> Relationships. It's better than money. Um, let me offer something else to you. You want, to go, you want to go and have purpose and make a difference. Um, there's so many people today. I see. I, 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 I got to be careful. I, I. I there's parts of me that get really kind of like cynical and upset about this, okay? Because a lot of young people today, they want to go do justice. They want to make a difference. They want to change the world. So many young people i have been listening to this for like 20-something years. So I'm getting kind of old and a little crotchety. But all these people, these, a lot of these young people, you know what they know? Do you, do you, do you know how, they, what they know about how to go make a difference in poor people's lives or in issues of justice? They don't know anything. Have they ever been around poor people? Do you know what their real issues are? Do they understand the problems inside the law, the way that oppression actually works in our society? Do they know? They think they know. They hear read something in the news and then they get really angry about it. But do they understand the actual intricacies and the deep, complex problems? That something good was started, there was a law, there was something good that was started 30 years ago, and then about 20 years ago, a thing went bad. Huh. Do they know that? And then today, oh, well, you know, the politicians, go, let's go do this all over again. Well, why would we do it all over again? 30 years ago it was started, and now it's gone bad. But do they know? They don't know. So if you want to go make a real difference in people's lives... You can't spend all your time just making money and then just expect it. In your free time, you're just going to go make that difference. You have a lot to learn. There's a lot to learn. And if you want to go make a difference in in people's lives who are poor, why should they trust you? (laughs) If they don't trust you, you can't make a difference in their life. (laughs) You can't make a difference in their life. So you have to go expend energy, time, getting to know them, Humbly feel their hurts. Know their problems. And then they will think you have a good name. <laughs> then they will have favor on you. Then they will let you be in their life to help you. And if you go and do that, if you go willing to expend that energy, oh my goodness, you have great purpose in your life. You have tremendous purpose in your life. Your life is truly rich, even if you don't have a lot of money. But there's a lot of people today, they expend all their money, Want to make money. And then they're going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to go have purpose. But they don't know how to. They want to have purpose on the cheap. They want to be justice on the cheap. It's, it's on the cheap. I have a real hard time with this. There are deep, deep issues in the poor, about people who have exclusions. They are real, serious, real issues, sure. But none of them are easy. <laughs> none of them are easy. And they're very com- they're complex, and you have to get in there. You have to get in there. <laughs> and you got to go earn the good name <laughs> and win their favor. And let me tell you, it's way more important than money. To them, if you show up and says, we'll give you a lot of money, and will help you up because you're poor, they, they won't care about you. <laughs> they'll, they'll just think, oh, you're just some do-gooder. Okay, well, let's use you, and we'll get money out of you. But if they trust you, if they know you know something and you really care, that's more than money. It's better than money. That's just an example. Something else. So relationships, a name, purpose, deeper purpose. So I know it's really hard in our city. Just getting by in our city is really, really crazy hard, okay? For those of you who are a little younger today, I want to challenge you to think about this. I want to challenge you to think about this. If you want to live in the city, you might want to make a decision. You know what? Maybe I'm not going to own a house. I'm not going to own a house. So then live in a more modest house and then drive a more modest car and drive that car for 10 years instead of six years. But then I'll stock a little bit more in my retirement because, you know, I got to live somewhere, so I'm not going to own a house. But then I'll get time. I'll get time to do other things. To contribute to my church, to, to work into the justice and the poverty of my community, spend time making friends, building a good name. Hmm. That'd be a different kind of life. Let's close. Real riches for that which is truly life. Um, one of the verses that I, I, I didn't choose, but I want to I read it at this point. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. Here's how it goes. The blessing of the Lord, of Yahweh, makes rich. What makes you rich? Not money. The blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord makes rich. And then this is another interesting part. And he adds no sorrow with it. Oh, that's interesting. So the Lord makes you rich, and he doesn't even add any sorrow with it. So let me make a little commentary about this. Did you know that without righteousness and wisdom and character and purpose, and usually without God, even if you get riches, you'll have sorrow? So that's what the passage is saying. Some people go after riches, but there's sorrow that come with it. But when God gives it to you, he doesn't add any sorrow to it. It's pretty great. But so many of us, so many people just see this. And now I'm becoming a little bit older. I just watch people do this again and again and again and again. Pursue riches. Pursue riches. Want riches. They're being greedy. They don't know they're being greedy. But, oh, totally filled with greed. But that's, they don't know it. But it's what's going on. And then it's costing them costing them so many different ways. Um, um, in my generation, when I was a kid, people came from Korea, immigrated to the United States. They had to come poor because literally the government wouldn't let you leave the country without a certain amount of money. So everybody worked crazy long, hard hours. And then you know what they did? And they goes, i got to give my kids better than they have. And then you know what they did? They give their kids money and school and, you know, better house. They have the no relationship to their parents. And then after the kids went off to college, a lot of, this is a lot of the people in my generation I'm, I'm not kidding a lot of the people in my generation, they have like no relationship to their parents. <laughs> just just one example. riches, but with sorrow. <laughs> but when the Lord gives it to you, He adds no sorrow with it. That's what we put it. Proverbs 10:22. And I want to close with... Let's go back to 1 Timothy 6. 1 Timothy 6. This is how he puts it. Verse 17. As for the rich in this present age... And I would say we qualify you I don't feel very rich, but if you live in Silicon Valley and you're not poor, if you're middle class in Silicon Valley, you're pretty okay. As for the rich in this present age... Charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. Like, well, I would like a really fantastic, like, luxurious vacation. He didn't give them that to me, but he gives you better things than that. There to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. Be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves. This is how you get real treasure. Set your life on God, generous and ready to share as a foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. If you want real, a real life, a really great life, that which is truly life, you have to decide now whether you're 16 or 26 or 36, you need to decide now, I want that which is truly life. It's more than money. <laughs> money is just only like some portion of it and it's not even honestly a big portion of it. And if you go to Christ, he'll offer you more riches. Now let me close by saying the gospel this way. Everybody wants real riches. Riches but we're so foolish we don't really know what they are. And mostly, they don't have anything to do with God. If we could get riches but don't have God, so many people, thats what they'd be fine choosing that. That's why they don't go to church. For the God part, it seems like kind of an add-on, right? If I just have enough riches, then I'll know how to live my life. And I'm letting you know you're in big trouble if you think this way. But actually, your life is filled with greed and sin. And lots of of folly. And even if you do get rich, you'll have a lot of sorrow. But the promise of the gospel is something like this. If you come to Christ, all of that foolish and wickedness of greed, you can give it to Jesus. Your heart, you can't change. Your desires, though, he can change. Your heart, he can change. And you can give that up to Jesus. And when he dies on the cross, all of that foolishness and all of that enslavement to more and more money, more and more wealth, they will die with him. And then he can open up in his life something better for you. On the cross, all your greed can die. And when he rises again to a better life, a new life, he can offer you a new heart and offer you riches without sorrow. Is that a cheap promise? It's not. It's not. I hope you will have purpose. People you love, and they love you. You love a good name. And you'll have an appetite that's well into check. And you'll have exactly what this verse promises. You'll be rich with everything, richly provided with everything, everything to enjoy and to enjoy it forever from Christ. Let's pray. A greatly foolish people are we. A greedy people are we. And even if we could take this idea into our head, Oh, our hearts are so filled with the filth and the wretchedness and the folly of greed. Would you liberate us and wash us with your blood, Lord Jesus, and put to death all this very worldly imprisoned enslavement to this longing and hastily reaching after money and greed. Instead, instead of ruining our life, Lord, help us to have our lives redeemed and enriched and made whole and better than whole through you. Lord, thank you that you made yourself poor so that your riches, real riches, can be given to us. Help us to receive it And then tomorrow, help us to receive it again. And help us tomorrow to remember it again. And turn to your gospel and repent and live inside your riches again and again and find out what real riches are. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.